0: Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This week's guest is Brad McConnell. Brad McConnell owns the law firm Northern Virginia Business Law, and I was so excited to chat with him. I met him as his profession in his role as a business lawyer, Uh, but the more we talked, I learned he had a really unique background. He actually was a, I guess you could say, technical stay-at-home dad. His wife's a pediatrician, and when they decided to have kids based on their jobs and – you know commutes and things like that, they decided that it made sense for him to stay home. And so he walked away um, from the Northern Virginia go, go, go world and became a stay-at-home dad. And so he, of course, was working here and there. And so he goes into that but I think that it's a really interesting story because we've talked before with people that have changed careers, and I just think there's value when you hear about how people kind of went about the process, because even if it's not the same as yours, I think just knowing that people are willing to make some pretty significant changes can be really powerful. And little did we know when we recorded this a few weeks ago that we would be in a situation where many people are, um, you know, working from home, or they're in situations that they didn't choose. And so, you know, I don't know if uh, this will be pertinent, but it never hurts to hear someone else's story. So enjoy as we chat with Brad about how he came to that decision and definitely come back for the full flush, where we talk about gender roles, because I feel seen, I always talk about I want others to feel seen. But this episode, um, and and I think it's the full flush that we talk about it. Brad, I feel like him talking about raising kids, it just made me feel so seen. So whether you have kids or not, I think it's some pretty good insight you can enjoy. So join us as we flush it out.
1: Coming to you from the m M&M and Exterior Studio in Noakesville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. The Introvert's Extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now.
0: Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle, The Introvert's Extrovert. I'm here with Brad McConnell. Welcome, Brad. Thank you for having me. Brad is a lawyer who I know, and I wanted to chit chat with him because I love lawyers.
2: That's not true. <laughs> You love a lawyer.
0: I love a lawyer. I, lo- I Well, is Matt considered one? I don't know if he, he's a former one. He
2: is the hero to all lawyers because he is an ex-lawyer who found – he found his passion and found his way out. Yes.
0: And I and one of my good friends just went to law school at age 40, 41, something like that. And so
2: – I'm sorry for their loss.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm trying to encourage her here. So um, no, but Brad, um, tell everyone who you are.
2: Um My name is Brad McConnell. I am a solo business law practitioner. My law firm is Northern Virginia Business Law, which is about the cleverest name I could come up with <laughs> there, um,
0: that's very lawyer <laughs> yeah
2: it is well I, I was going to go with the traditional you know the McConnell firm or something like that but but quite frankly i was I wanted to try to tell a bit of a story nice. about what I was doing um in part because people don't know. What lawyers do, yeah. like, and I have—I mean, a lot of the people I meet, is like, "Oh, you're a lawyer. Can you help me with my ex-husband?" It's like, no, no. I don't, I don't know anything about my that. My
0: parking ticket uh, or I mean, speeding ticket. It's like
2: I—I I knew early on when I went to law school that I wanted to be like a transactional lawyer. So I'm a business lawyer. I'm a corporate lawyer.
0: Oh, that's so. why you and Matt, you guys are so like. That's why he was your spirit animal, right. or because oh, yeah. he loves the finance and the numbers. and Yeah. Everything well, I—I like
2: was trying to decide between business school and law school. My dad went to business school. My dad was a. I, um, he had his own company. It was sort of a cross between a venture capital company and a and a brokerage because they had a seat on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, so we, he did a lot of kind of interesting finance work. And I was trying to decide, do I want to go to business school? Do I want to go to law school? And he actually encouraged me, even though he went to business school, I said, go to law school. It's a great education. You can do a lot with it. It's a good way to learn how to think. And I was like, okay, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then, you know, $100,000 and three years later you go – I, I gotta be a lawyer with this. I gotta make money to pay <laughs> yeah. off these ridiculous student loans. But it was something, you know, it was something I always liked the the business side of it. So yeah. I was kind of new that I either wanted to do international trade or like transactional stuff. Uh, and then, you know, after a first, after a year being sort of a general practitioner, one of my neighbors said, Hey, you want to come to, to, do you do, actually, do you know anyone who might be interested in a job, uh, in our venture capital? Um, practice. And I was like, yeah, that sounds exactly. It was like, uh, how did you, how did I happen to live two doors down from someone who was doing exactly the kind of stuff I wanted to do? So that was, that was lucky awesome. because I lo- I mean, I was a math nerd. I was a, I was like all through high school. I was a math science guy and and, you know, my senior year of high school where I had to take English and I got to choose my other four classes, I took physics and chemistry and linear algebra and calculus. Wow. I mean, nerd, 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 nerd. And I love that stuff. And, that, yeah. you know, I was that was me. That was I because I, I was good at it. It was easy. I enjoyed the, that way of thinking. So I got to I went to college. I was in I was in engineering. And I was like, I'm going to do mechanical aerospace engineer. I'm going to be like a rocket scientist. It's like, that sounds great. And I took like the f- physics, like the sort of the physics for engineer stuff. And I went, damn this is really hard. <laughs> and, um, and then I also realized it's like I went to an all boys private school. So and then I got to I got to college and it's like there are girls here. Girls. I mean, it's like this is amazing. <laughs> I can have friends that are girls. This is awesome. Um, And but none of them were in the engineering school. <laughs> oh. and I mean, I, I literally I mean, I didn't just switch out of the engineering school to meet girls, but that wasn't. Not part of it. <laughs> I
0: love that. That is amazing. <laughs> so,
2: so I wound up being. I, I'm, I'm. I switched to the history department. I became a medieval hist, medieval renaissance history major, which is what like. Which is probably my worst subject, but I was fascinated by it. I was always interested in the time period.
0: Oh, and I learned from Matt. And just for listeners, if you're wondering, Matt, if you're new, Matt is part of Eminem Exteriors, right. our sponsor, and he has a former he's on an episode, so you can check that out. And, you know, he used to be a lawyer, now he owns a roofing company. And so, but anyway, when you were just saying that, Brad, about you were fascinated by this. What I learned through Matt and then my friend who went to law school is, you know, with law school, you teach yourself. You have to, like, dive into the material on oh, your yeah. own. So hearing you say, oh, I did this major because I was fascinated by it. It's like, oh, that." now after chatting with Matt, that makes sense to me because you, it shows you are able to, like, dive into something it, and not have it taught to right. you.
2: Well, it's in, – in college, it was amazing to – you do what you want. Figured. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I literally transitioned out of this because I was trying to figure out for my sophomore year. I had my grid of like I'm, I. I decided at that point I was going to do computer science and engineering. This is back in, in nineteen eighty seven, so it would have been a really good career choice from a <laughs> financial point of view. Uh, like one of my friends wound up being like the third person at Netscape. You know, oh, so it's like, which for, for all the younger people. listeners out there, it's like it was a big deal back in the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people of my age understand, um,
0: but. It would be like being on Amazon. Yeah, I like, like, fir-
2: like the first, like the one of the the first few people there. Um, and was I, I I talk like all oh, over the place? So, so, so oh yeah, transitioning. so oh yeah, so yeah. I and I was trying to. So I had all my computer science engineering class. My I had to take diff- my electrical engineering and computer science class. And I was trying to fit in the other classes. And it's like, and I was having very frustrating because I couldn't, I wanted to take all these liberal arts classes to as, cause we had, we had requirements. You had to take, you know, there's different distribution areas. You had to take different kinds of classes and I couldn't fit any of them in. And I was like, Oh, I could fit this one, but I can't fit this one. And I, so I, I said, okay, I'm going to be very analytical. And I put all of my engineering classes on the one sheet and all these other liberal arts classes on the other sheet so I can see how they overlapped. And I looked at it and went, Oh, I like that. Not as choices, but that's what I want my schedule to look like. Wow. I wanted to take a philosophy class and an architecture class and a language class. And it was like, that's what I wanted to do. And I realized I only have three more years of this. I just want to learn stuff that I don't know. Wow. And it's like, and then I'll figure it out later. And I figured I was going to go to business school or law school. So yeah. I would learn a trade afterwards. so I just wanted to learn stuff that was really interesting. And I had an opportunity at this great school to learn stuff that was interesting. That's so awesome. so that's the real reason. And there are also girls there, but that's the, but it was like the, yeah. but the most important was actually the, the, the getting that intense sort of liberal arts education, which I had been craving. I so. love
0: that because you as a lawyer and so well-spoken, like, I feel like put that so well into words. Cause what I have said over the years is as an English major I feel like my dad at one point had told me that a lot of CEOs are liberal arts majors because they can see the big picture. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gave me some confidence that like, okay, I can do something with it, big with it if I dream big. But then I always told people I just loved going to class and I wasn't a big reader. I was – I definitely didn't love writing papers, but I loved – learning things and reading mm-hmm. a book and learning something that I would never normally learn about and talking about it. And so I was like, I would always simplify it with, I liked going to class and just chatting with right. people. with shocker here and now doing what I'm That's doing. That's
2: very surprising. Yeah. I would never, have, never
0: would have guessed right. that. But I well, you said it so well. Well, though,
2: one of so. the things that I learned doing history, and actually I, I really wanted to do English, but I couldn't get the requirements in by the time I was starting it in sophomore year. And history, I could. Mm. So that was part. I was like kind of like I wanted to do something where I read and learn. And and, and I was always very interested in history, especially that, you know, that sort of medieval time period. Mm. And, you know, I, I'd always loved Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And oh, that, that's yeah. Like, that's that's <laughs> my, that, that kind of like, you know, that high fantasy nerd in me, too. Yes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a nerd in so many different ways. That, But it's in in high school, I mean, I did well in high school, but I could just kind of. I just kind of did it. You know, I just yeah. kind of like, I just sort of vomited on the page and I would get papers back where there was like red all over it because the, because I didn't bother to actually go back and edit it. I was just like, I did something. I still got an A on it, even though I made 27 obvious mistakes. Like I spelled the T E H because I didn't bother to go back and prove. But in college, and I thought, oh, I can do the same thing in college. And I realized it's like, no, I'm going to get my ass kicked yes. because everyone around me was like insanely smart. Yes. So then I had to, lo- I had to learn about writing and editing and proofreading and doing it again and going back to it. And then when I became a lawyer, I really had to law school and then yeah, become a lawyer definitely. really had to. Now at the point that my wife like laughs at me, it's like, can you just send an email? It's like a half an hour later. It's like, have you sent that email? It's like, well, but I had to, I had to figure out how I wanted to phrase it and put it together. And it's like, I don't want to, I mean, I try to be clear in everything yeah. in, in, you learn that, especially being a lawyer, you have to be sp- precise with your language. Mm-hmm. It matters. It's like being a history major, being someone who had to write papers and learn how to – that was very helpful because mm-hmm. it, it made me learn to write better mm-hmm. um, because communication is an important part of what we do. Definitely. So,
0: so you are a lawyer. You're a father.
2: Yes. Oh, no, well, that's, yeah, I'm supposed to, to, give you, like, all your other. Yeah,
0: tell me. Give the, tell the, 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 the three thing. things, right? Well, they don't have to be three, but, like. Right. Well, but,
2: but that, but that's the, but that's the, this sort of the, uh, what, the, like, Aristotelian perfection of the three things, right? Yes. You know, but, um, but, yeah, so. Because then, because we talked about this before, it's like, well, what do I? Uh, so, who am I? So, who are you? Right. I feel like that's always
0: shaped. Well, but it's but it's, but it's, it's like, not meant to shape the podcast, but it ends up. But it's not. Being but it's shaping.
2: But I think it does. However, someone says it says a lot about exactly. how they prioritize their stuff. Yes. So I did think about this. That and, is a secret. I um, haven't told people yet. Your, but but I, and, I, and I tell people, it's like you are. I mean. Amazingly good at, at this podcast. And I know this is not one of these reverse things because I don't, haven't known you long enough to to oh. do the reverse podcast yet. Oh. But but I do. Um,
0: I like hearing nice things about myself. Yeah, so,
2: from yeah We all do. We all do. <laughs> it's like no, no, please. please. But, enough, but enough about me. How do you feel about me? It's like, it's like, it's like my...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell me more about me? Yeah, hmm.
2: um, yeah. So I so I did think about this and I thought about you know and it's like and my order is you know father and husband and lawyer in that order and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the three. And, um, and that is something, that's a, you know, that's part of my journey in sort of how that order changed. Mm -hmm. Um, because I left, I worked for, I worked for a couple of very large law firms in my almost 25 years of practice. And the, the second one that I left right after my now almost 10 year old daughter was born, um, I wasn't planning on leaving, I wasn't planning on quitting exactly as Thought I'd probably go in-house somewhere because I, you know, I was already 41 years old and most of the people I worked with had had, you know, relationships with their kids that involved a lot of calling them up at night to, to tuck them in, you know, over the phone. Yeah. And I had waited a long enough time to become a father. that's like, I can't, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm not, I mean, I was driving from Haymarket, Virginia into Tyson's and it was, a soul-crushing drive to do that yeah and I would like you know I would come home late at night and it was fine you know when you're just newly married and you know my wife was working hard I mean she was working in town so she she would be home and I would come home to her and so we would at least have those you know couple hours in the evening together. but I was like I can't I can't be that dad who's who's home for a couple hours on Saturdays mm-hmm. you know and and in order to and even though my firm was like a lifestyle firm, there was a lot of pressure there. To be in the office a lot.
0: And that's one thing I've noticed. I mean, I guess it's probably true in a lot of places. But I right. mean, especially here in Northern Virginia, it's like there's almost the badge of honor. Right. That you – not even honor. It's like, you know, but to be successful right. with the companies, you have to put in the time and, and you're rewarded oh. for that time. Well,
2: the story I tell Hopefully. often about sort of part of how why I was leaving there was we – my wife and I took a trip – my daughter was born April 1st, uh, in 2010, and we took, a couple months earlier, we took a, like our last trip, you know, as a couple. Uh, we went out to San Diego to visit my brother who lives out there. Um, and so we were gonna go to the San Diego Zoo and the, you know, and they also have like the, the, I don't remember, it's like the, the zoo and their, like, nature park or whatever, and we're gonna go to SeaWorld, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go to all these great stuff. And because of this big deal I was working on, which had we had, I don't know, there were probably ten lawyers in my firm plus in-house lawyers just on our side of the deal. And I wound up having to bill eighty hours in that week while I was on the West Coast, theoretically on my last ever, you know, vacation. And it's just like I can't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, it was a great deal, and it was good that they wanted me involved. But I was like, I just can't. I, I, I you weren't couldn't. really
0: present on yeah, that. Yeah, I trip. wasn't.
2: I wasn't. <clears throat> and it was, yeah. and I felt bad. I mean, I was doing my job, but I felt bad that it's like we went I mean, we literally we went to to Seaworld and we showed up like an hour before the place closed. It was it was so late that they had the parking lot had opened up so you could park for free. So I was great. we had, we got to park for free. I mean we but we'd already goodness. bought our like three three thing ticket, you know, so we already yeah. paid full price for and I got to, to be there for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's like I could see the future and that was going to be the future. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it.
0: That's a common thing I feel like I've heard with a lot of people that right. have that aha career shift right. is it's that you see the future and it's I don't want this forever. No, no.
2: It was I, – I wanted to be part of my kid's life. Now, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't want to be as much part of the kid's life as I wound up doing mm-hmm. because – I mean, the plan was I would go in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so I'd, I'd find a job. So I'd have a you know – in-house lawyer jobs are still – hard and rigorous but you usually have it's not 9 to 5 but at least it's there isn't the same kind of pressure to be there all the time mm-hmm. uh, and the same kind of pressure to, to to be out there like and the time that you weren't in the office out there getting those million dollar clients to you know to to build your book of business and then so we we had planned on getting a nanny and my wife's a pediatrician, so she – we knew we couldn't do daycare because the she knew very well schedule. that kids get sick all the time. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to be – I'm in Tyson's and she can't just, like, well, you know, cancel my 20 patients for the afternoon because, you know, my kid's got a fever. We mm-hmm. just knew that wasn't going to work. So even though we weren't like really thrilled to have, like, someone else raising our kid, but it's like, fine, we'll get a nanny. Yeah. We finally found someone and then turns out the – you know, the – her references really didn't check out, so oh, we kind of panicked.
0: Awkward. yeah.
2: And she was like, "Well, Brad, you want? To, you we're thinking about, you know, transitioning out anyways." And it's like, "Well, maybe you could work part time." And it's like, "Part time lawyer in a law firm really isn't a thing. You can basically mm-hmm. cut your hours in half and your salary by, you know, down to a quarter, maybe, you know." And <laughs> and still they'd be like, "Oh, you're still not working hard enough." Yeah. Um. So I was like, "Well," so we finally, I mean, ultimately decided I was going to quit, and I took a couple clients with me, so I had, so I would keep working. A few hours here, a few hours later. Um But I became like the most overpriced, underqualified nanny we could find because I yeah. gave up my salary. and, yeah. and which, I
0: which women do all the time. They, they do all the time. And they're, you know, right. overqualified. And, well, and, and I never want to – that's not a slight to nannies by right. any means. No, but, no, no, no. But I know I, what you mean though. Like There are
2: – but I mean nannies are great and they serve an important role and they do – I mean yeah. – I, I have friends who have amazing nannies. Mm-hmm. Um, what know. was
0: that like for you? I mean, that's like I feel like you know when you tell your story, it's such a quick little skim over of right. like, well, we decided I was going to. It's like okay, you you spend a, over a hundred thousand dollars on law school. Yeah. You're working in that, and then let's not even get into the whole stereotypical man being the you know the main provider and all this stuff, yeah. and all the social pressures that you know come with that. And just you're like, okay, so now I'm going to stay home. Like, it's such a quick part of the story. But it, I can, I know, I can't imagine it was really that easy of a. It was both exciting because, I mean, A, you are excited about having kids. And yeah. I don't know what this I mean,
2: I'm excited I'm finally going to start a family with kids. And I'm excited and I'm nervous. Luckily, you know, my wife is an expert. So <laughs> it's like, I figure it's like, we're, we're good on the medical side of
0: yeah, things. Yeah, I, I can. Um, so it's like, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that. it's
2: like, you know, it's like. So what is this? And he's like, it's normal. Don't worry about it. Or <laughs> that we might want to look into. Um, so I was both, I was excited about that. I was excited, quite frankly, about giving up my commute into Tyson's and oh, not yes. having, you know, not having that soul crushing job where there's like all these expectations. You must be here. You must be here. You must be, you must build more. You must do. Um So I was excited in that way. But I was also like, well, well what am I going to do? I mean, I don't know. And I mean, and I'm also in this position where, I mean, in a, a, you know, in the, in the role reversal, I mean, women just know more in general, not all women, but most women know a little bit more about kids because they've been, they've done more babysitting. They've done more, they've, they've had more exposure Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I really have no idea. I mean, i have never changed a diaper before my daughter was born. I knew nothing. Well, and, I mean and, and here I am and it's like and by the way my wife's an expert. Um and I mean and she never lorded that over me. She was like yeah. very like don't worry. I'll be 2 miles away down the road. If anything goes wrong, you can call me. I can be home in 7 minutes. But I'm like I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And Scary. and now I'm also sleep deprived because my child will not go to sleep. And that got worse over the first year. But so I was excited and nervous and also Boom! I'm. What am I gonna do? You know, I'm. I'm, But then I'm also giving up my identity as a lawyer, and so that went from, you know, one slash two down to well, not even three at that point. It kind of dropped off the the bottom because, um. So, and I just had to try to figure it out. No, And Beth was like super supportive and, you know, she couldn't have been better about it. Yeah. And I'm sure there are times where she's like, <laughs> this guy's an idiot. What is he doing? But she never, never expressed that.
0: Never said that. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. You bring up about the loss of your identity because so right. many women that's talked about, but it's talked about, I feel like after the fact. Right. It's that it's after you've been, even if you continue to work, it's still just like, it's. When you're a dad that stay home, stays home, it's, there's a little
2: bit of a. Now, and I don't know how much it's just me projecting. It's like, who's this weirdo who's, like, mm-hmm. home with his kids? Yeah. You know, and I uh, talk about how it's like, I would go to the playground with my kids. And you sort of see people, sort of feel people, like, looking at you. Who's this, like, yes. who's this, like, 40-something-year-old dude in the in yeah. the playground? It's like, no, I'm here with my my daughter's here. Yeah. I mean, and that, and part of that's me. I mean, that's me being yeah. self-conscious and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, if I was there with my kids when, when they got older, when they were with friends, and, like, I'd be pushing my daughter on the swing, and the, the friend would say, hey, can you push me? And I'm like... No, honey, I don't really feel like I should, and yeah. and that's just—I mean, that's just kind of the the world we live in, where yeah. it's like I I don't feel like I can be, you know, if I wave at a at a at a little kid in the store, if I'm with my daughter, I I feel comfortable doing that, because mm-hmm. like you see a little kid and, you, and they're like looking at you and you go hi and they smile and stuff like that, but if I'm if I'm there alone,
0: yes.
2: there is this like who's this guy, uh huh, and it that is a gender stereotype, sure.
0: It's funny because as you're talking you said i'm sure i'm projecting some of this and of course that's true if like that's the reality right. that we all have to live in it's like what are we making out of this but there definitely is that those biases where well why is this guy right. not working in the middle of the day right. but then well but then if we're over here saying Women should be able to like right. – why shouldn't a man be able to be right. at home? I was like, well, and,
2: did he get fired or something yeah. like that? And it's like, no, I actually made it through all the firings. I got <laughs> – I actually quit. Um, I quit on my own. And I mean and this is and this is in 2010. This is like right after like the bottom had fallen out of the market. And we'd actually had – they'd had to let some people go and even paid people severance packages. And then like a year later when I quit, I was like, Dang. oh, can I get one of those severance packages because I'm going to leave anyways. Um, but no, I didn't. Um Dang.
0: What, so, what are some of the challenge like, so you talked about with the park,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, kind of having to be, in your words, the weirdo who's there. Right. Um, what was one of the biggest challenges that surprised you about going into this full-time stay-at-home dad role?
2: I, I think one of the biggest ones was the loneliness. Mm. And, I mean, it's – and a part, partly this is just me. Partly this is being a dad. I mean, I didn't – my kids didn't have a lot of play dates, mm-hmm. in part because I'm a dad. I mean, if, yes. and we my wife and I talk about this. Like, if she had been the one staying home, she would have been in every little group. She would have been, like, on the Women's Golf League. I mean, yes. she would have done all this stuff and had, like – she would have had schedules and stuff like that yes. for all the kids. And – it would have been a if we could have just switched jobs where yeah. i was you know suddenly working a i was suddenly a doctor working 2 miles from home it would have been perfection because mm-hmm. we would have had the best of both worlds and if she'd been the lawyer who quit her job it would have been the best of both worlds because she would have A, been better at it mm-hmm. than i and more had a better schedule and stuff like that and also could have just tapped into that those communities yeah. of of mothers and their kids cuz i never i mean People would invite me to play dates and I i felt – I mean, honestly, I felt a little odd because I felt like, so who's – you know, and I always felt like I'm – you know, I would go to a play date and – or would try to set up a play date and I'm like, I'm not – flirting with you. It's just my daughter likes your daughter. You know, it's like, I'm really, I'm not, I I promise you I have no interest in you. So then you wind up going to a play date and it's like, it's like the worst of dating because you're having to make all that small talk but with no expectation of it's like, well, if I make a small talk maybe things will go. And it's like, no, no, no. Because I I literally, I don't. I have absolutely no interest. I'm just, I just want our daughters to play because they crave interaction with other kids and they don't have that
0: there's an episode of a show called it's called i'm sorry it's Uh on true they're not a sponsor but Uh um maybe they could be they could be my friend recommended it because she was like the main character reminds me of you Uh and so i watched it and it's very funny very inappropriate but um there's an episode all about they do a play date because the mm-hmm. kids wanted to play and the, the awkwardness right. and, um, and it's just stuff that I experienced when my kids were in preschool because I, you saw the same people every morning drop right. off and pick up. And so many of us, even if we didn't do play dates, we became friendly. And after time, there was a couple dads there that I had seen all the time. And of course it's that, it's that awkwardness of you don't want to say too right. much. And so finally one of the dads asked someone else, for their number for a play date. And we had this whole sidebar conversation of, like, so uncomfortable. Like, I'm not trying to do that. And then, you know, we were talking about having to pull your spouse in to, like, right. let's all get on the same well, and page. I would I would
2: text with, like, I would be CCing Beth mm-hmm. on that just because I'm, I'm just trying to make it. It's like I'm not secretly doing a play date. This is yeah. – she is like, go take the kids and do something. Um, mm-hmm. so, that we, so that was – isolated. Could I have made a more of an effort? Could, and there were other, there were other stay at home dads around. Yeah, I was so busy st- struggling, just trying to like keep my, my child and then two children alive. that yeah. it was just like, just trying to do that was just seemed like too much effort for me. Yeah, it wasn't, sure. it wasn't easy. It wasn't, there wasn't a local community that was just like, here, come,
0: come join us. Yeah, So that was hard. Um I'm glad you mentioned the loneliness though, because I feel like that's a big part of being a stay-at-home mom that I think gets glossed over mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I'm just being emotional because because right. I'm a woman, you know, and like mm-hmm. boo-hoo, I feel lonely. So to hear you say that, right. I shouldn't need to hear it for it to be validating. That in and I of know, itself shows like the like to... problem. <laughs> but yes, it is nice. Like,
2: Right. I mean, having those feelings validated does make you feel less – Less like you're losing your mind.
0: Because you had talked earlier about – you said how you used to hate going to the dentist. Yeah. And then you loved
2: it. Well, that's – I mean, because I would sit there and, you know, I got – I mean, so I would – I mean, there was a period probably of five or six years as an adult that I didn't go to the dentist until I had a crown break because I'm just like – and as a kid, I hated going to the dentist. Every time I went to the dentist, I'd be like, oh, that's great. But we have a little spot and we have to go. So Uh I would have to go back and get a – and I was good about brushing and all that stuff, but – I would always have to go in and have a little spot on my tooth. So I associated going to the dentist as, this is step one, and next week I have to come back and get drilling done. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an adult, when I didn't have to, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. But, so, but, then, but then, so I, I found a good dentist in town, and then I had the same hygienist every time, and she's Wonderful woman, and I would get to talk. You know, I got my mouth full, of stuff, and she would talk, and and she would laugh at the stuff I was because I would talk about my experience at home, and you know, the dentist would come in, and she'd laugh, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're so funny," and it's like, and I just like I sucked at it. I was like, "Oh, I love this because there's people just validating. I know that like, you like me, you really like me, and." Having You're that an adult, right? Having that adult conversation. And I also mentioned how like I would go, you know, I go to Wegmans and I'd be the checkout line and I would just chat with the checkout person who I'm sure is like, move along, sir. I've got stuff to do, but it's just like, I'm having i I'm having a conversation with an adult. And that was one of the biggest things that I lost not being in a, mm-hmm. in an office.
0: I don't know. So I feel like, man, I, w- I need every mom, not even stay at home, like working mom, anything to listen to this because right. I just feel like hearing it from a man just right. feels I don't know. Like, I want to look at Jeremy, you know, and be like, see? Right. Like, well, I, to, I,
2: it's I not underst- just me. I understand every like
1: Validating. Yes, it's very it validating.
2: Is. Well, you know, Beth would come home and was like, so what would you do today? And it's like, and she didn't mean it any like, so oh. what did you do today? Oh, exactly. And it's like, and when I would tell the story of what I did, it's like, well, that doesn't sound like very much. And yet I was like <laughs> tired and stressed from just like <gasps> just going to the grocery store and loading the kids, like getting them the shoes on no put your shoes on no put put your shoes where are your shoes like put your shoes on get into the car like why just going to the grocery store and coming home and it's like no we're not getting that no we're not getting that no we're not okay yes fine we'll get that but we're not getting and i'd be like I exhausted so,
0: i feel so like seen i feel so seen
2: right. and it's like and and there were times but that were times where it's like so i went to princeton university and gw law school and i'm exhausted by going to the grocery store mm-hmm. you know that's like and, but trust me, I it's get, humbling. I get, it, is I get humbling. it is humbling because I, I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. I'm not ideally suited for this, but I love my kids and I want to have that relationship. And, you know, I feel bad every time I yell at them, but I'm also they probably should be. I mean, but of course, our the grandparents all think like, well, you guys too coddle your kids and all oh, that stuff. But it's like. And then we feel guilty when we do. I know. Yell at them. We're like, we're
0: too hard on. them.
2: I know. It's like <laughs> I put it in
0: my own issues on them.
2: Right. So but it's like. You know, I get excited, it's like, and and I cleaned the kitchen today. It's like, ooh, there was my big accomplishment, and and, and especially the first couple of years where I was so sleep deprived. Yes, uh, I mean, my my oldest. I mean, she didn't sleep for the first year. I mean, she was because I was the one staying home. I mean, I I stayed up with her, and she would wake up at least once every night, usually twice, sometimes three times. And that was the summer of 2010 when the. um I remember vividly because the World Cup was in South Africa. So, like, the games would come on at 2 o'clock in the morning. So, when I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning with my daughter every night, I'm either watching, you know, like, the Netherlands play, playing against, you know, Ecuador or something like that. Or I'm watching, like, VH1 and, uh like, watching the same Christina Perry video over and over, which was quite good. <laughs> but over and over and over again and just losing my – because – when I would – because we put her pack and play because she wouldn't stay in the crib in, the, in her room. So we had a pack and play like in the little – in like the sitting area, you know, ad- adjacent to our bedroom. And I would go and I would pick her up and sit on the little couch and it would take at least 20 to 30 minutes to get her to fall back asleep. And, cause, and, and I would like, okay, is this enough, but not too much? I have to get mm-hmm. to find that, that perfect, that sweet mm-hmm. spot where she is asleep enough that I can move her, cause otherwise, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm a minute too early, boom, we're starting all over oh, again. Gosh. And I'm like, all right, we're back again, and trying to find, to get her back down. And we tried, we tried the, all the crying it out kind of stuff, trust me, we tried it, and mm-hmm. she won. I mean, we would we would do, you know, and, you know, and Beth knows all of the, you know, she's yeah. read all the books. And yes. it's like you know, it's like you go in after three minutes and five minutes and whatever, you know, whatever. And did it we all. tried. We did that. And it worked with our second daughter. So it's like we weren't mm-hmm. completely incompetent, but we tried. We but, really but it's tried.
0: Because there's not a, an
2: exact thing. like Well, it's that's, not. Well, that's what, and Beth yeah. always tells her patients is like, here, here are some. Here's what the research says. Here's what some different experts say. But. You just got to try to figure it out because, you know, here is some advice. But if you don't – if you can't live by this advice, that's okay. You know, because I just had to do it. I learned to do it. Yeah. And I didn't always do it great, but I tried. And I I think that – I mean, I think that gives me a bond with my kids that I wouldn't have had, Mm. which I am grateful for. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely grateful for. Um, You know, I gave up a lot of income – not being a big firm lawyer to do that but it's worth it it's ultimately worth it because i mean i get to we get to do five weeks of vacation every year as a Mm -hmm. family and we got to do my wife had her schedule like she would have one day off a week and it Based on a three day rotate, three week rotation. Sometimes it was a Monday, sometimes mm-hmm. it was a Friday, sometimes it was a Thursday. But if she would have a Monday off, she might just say, "It's like, hey, you know, the kids are like, especially before preschool, or the kids are in preschool. Let's go to Baltimore and go to the aquarium. It's like this weekend." And we would just do stuff like that. We would go, you know, if, if there was a block of time, so we got to spend time together as a family. And she came home for lunch almost every day. Wow. So we got we got something that. that we can never get back because yeah. because of the advantage of us living two miles from her work and me quitting and we just we got to be there together and go through all of this together, which was which was great. Which was great because yeah. we wouldn't have I mean, there's no way we would have anything like that. Yeah. So you can't get that back.
0: Um I think that's really special and I would imagine that it's kind of shaped your family for now, it 10 has. years later, it and, has. you know,
2: I mean, it and it, it shaped my family in terms of my developing my practice, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, I have talked to bigger firms about, you know, it's like, hey, you're just in coming back. And it's like, I I might have some interest in working with you guys, but I can't. I can't go back to that mm-hmm. because it would mean, all right, so instead of me making the breakfast and packing the girls lunch in the morning and being there to put them on the bus most mornings, although now I have some morning networking things now that mm-hmm. so we have to scramble for that. And Beth has to drop them off at a neighbor's house or something, you know, which has added challenges as I do more of that stuff. Um, I, I couldn't go back to like, I'll I'll see you guys on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, ca- I can't I can't do it because I've become used to to Mm -hmm. this even even though it's not always great and there are times like kids get off the bus and they're like i'm bored i want to go play and it's like yeah i know yeah but i still don't want to give that up completely
0: of course so you stepped out of the rat race Mm -hmm. i think it's neat that you stepped out of the rat race and you know we're able to say yeah we don't need to keep up with this because you get into this world and it happens a lot i feel like in entrepreneurial world right. direct sales world where it's like go 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 you know you're a success when you're really big and it's not right. just true in those worlds it's it's true in the law firm world it's well, so how do you get out of that rat race
2: well we did and we didn't i yeah. mean when we bought our house i mean that was sort of a because i had before i worked for the last firm i worked for i had actually i left my old old firm um Because my brother and I had had tried to start a company. We were going to – we were developing software. There was going to be four law firms. And, you know, I worked on that for, I think, three years or so. And you weren't
0: practicing law? I
2: I, I really – I was – I mean, I was doing law-adjacent stuff, but I wasn't actually practicing. Okay. Um, I was trying to get this thing up and going. My brother had been – I has been in IT consulting kind of stuff and – and pe- pe- I used to do all kinds of stuff with spreadsheets and it was people like, oh, you should like sell this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to take all this stuff and I'm going to – because I have this entrepreneurial spirit. That's, that's yeah. part of why like, the business school, law school thing. Um, and so we tried that. I was all self-financing because I, I used – at that point, I, I made a lot of money. I had no expenses. I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I was like, but this is my chance. You know, I had this chance that happened shortly after 9-11 where I'm like, uh, you know what? And then that kind of changed change what you think about stuff
0: yeah that's and, susan McCorkindale. she just shared her story about, oh, I, was star- like,
2: I was actually starting to listen to yeah that. and um, they
0: moved down right after it's a yeah big, yeah that's that right you know, i did listen to that changing. part yeah um things happen
2: it, it it that 9-11 messed with my mind i mean mm. and i don't i i mean that was a, actually i don't want to go into too many details about it but the the day that it happened i w- was not at work that morning uh, i was i was living in arlington courthouse area and i'm working downtown at 19th and m because of a, a situation I'd had with a, my then ex-girlfriend um who had was not taking the – being an ex that night that well. We'd mm-hmm. had a long conversation. Um I was, like, really tired and I didn't go in. I was, like, I'll go in a little later. And I was, like, had the Today Show on and saw that mm-hmm. happen. And wow. I was, like – and then it's, like, yeah, I'm not going in. And then everything just – everything downtown D.C. was just a disaster mm-hmm. that day uh, for obvious reasons. But – after that happened, it kind of like, oh, maybe life is, you know, cause the whole city was changed at mm. that time. And, um, people's, all of a sudden things were like, huh, I don't know about this. And we'd also yeah. had the, you know, the, the tech boom when all of my, my clients were like tech companies that had just happened, that had the bust had just happened, you yeah. know, a couple of years earlier too. So it was like, I was like, you know, maybe I got one last chance maybe to try something a little different. So mm. I had said, we're going to, we're going to do this entrepreneurial thing. Um, but that was, once again, this is another one. I was like, I started over here talking over this and yeah. back. The, um, so I had already done something entrepreneurial before. But what was where Where did we start with this conversation? I'm trying to remember. I want well, to back – because there, well, was, there no, was a point I was no, trying to get to. It was great
0: this. though. No, it was great. I'm glad you went there because I asked you, how did you get out of the rat race? Oh, wait,
2: Out of the rat race. That's right. Because,
0: so, right. because you know, I love – like for me, I loved hearing your um, – your thoughts on being like a stay-at-home dad. Right. You know, it's so affirming for me. But I know that there's people struggling that are, you know, both working long hours. And and if that's, of course, what they want, I right. never want anyone to make a change and, if that's their passion. Yeah. But if but I know just from talking to people, right. there are people that have that feeling of they want to right. either, whether it's, they might not want to stay home, but they want to change. They want to do a new job. And so I had, so I'm like, how did you do that? And so when you tied it into 9-11, right. I just thought that was really powerful that reminder that it's those huge life when right. things like that happen they're tra- when tragedies happen it's an opportunity for us to make a change. Right.
2: It was That's really. It powerful. Things like that do kind of even though it had no direct impact I mean a person I knew from college did die in one of the towers but he wasn't a close friend of mine mm-hmm. it was like, but but so I didn't have any direct mm-hmm. and you know a friend of mine at the time her dad worked for the firm that was in one of those buildings but i think hadn't wasn't there that day or so, it was, so yeah. it's like i was sort of many degrees removed yeah. from it personally yeah um but that's but a just, myth
0: too that we don't have to be personally connected but, to yeah, something but to be impacted I think, either
2: I, I think if you have any degree of empathy mm-hmm. um which i try to pride myself on having empathy that you, it 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 causes nightmares just sort of envisioning yeah. what people went through of course and I, i'm not i'm not a hero because i quit because of that just, no, but it just no. but it definitely messed with my mind it's like i gotta uh, maybe i need to try this because i don't know how many days i get
0: but you admitting but, that like it's definitely not like when you said oh i'm not here like no i appreciate and what i love like with talking and sharing is that you admit that yeah. like you say i felt this because you weren't the only. everyone i, f- right. I think everyone felt that the difference is you knew you needed to make a change.
2: Right. And so, I mean, it didn't happen until the next year, I think, is when I, when I quit that firm to do this. And, and say that ultimately, I learned a lot of stuff. It didn't, I, I, would have done it differently, you know, and got financing first and stuff like that. But part of that, I just needed to, I needed to do, I needed to try yeah. something different. I was like, I, cause I've always wanted, there's part of me that always was, like, hey, there's something I want to try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then you, but, but getting back to the point, original question about, you know, leaving the rat race, I mean, when we originally bought our house, we bought it a couple of years before the kids were born, and our, our house was way too big for people. Were like, why are well, you buying a house so big? You don't even have kids. It's like, well, we're going to have kids, so we don't we don't want to have to move. Um, and and I will admit, part of me was like, well, if I'm going to live all the way out in Haymarket, Virginia, and I'm going all the way to Tyson's and sometimes downtown, it's like I want a big house that I can be proud to come home to. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so. It wasn't giving up the Joneses. It was just what I wanted. I wanted a nice big yeah. house. It's like I am a successful lawyer, mm-hmm. and we—I am married to a successful pediatrician, and we are going to have a successful person's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and the truth is, if you know, Beth always says, "Like, well, if we'd known that you were going to quit your job, maybe we would have bought a smaller <laughs> house." Because the truth is, half the time we we, we joke because it's like, "Cause our kids still come." And get into bed with us uh. and, you know and it's like we, we'd be fine in a one or two bedroom house just with a nice kitchen and a family room and that's all we need and yeah. it's like you know and with the house that we have it's like well we have the stuff that's upstairs and we have to have duplicate stuff downstairs and it's just mm-hmm. like I mean we we joke about it but there's an element of truth in it so I mean part of it was ego on my part it's like well I must have a house mm-hmm. worthy of mm-hmm. a big firm lawyer um, and it's like I don't really I mean I, I like my house I, I love my house it's a lovely house yeah. Um it's but it's not,
0: interesting how your priorities have changed right. since you made a change. So. It,
2: it did. And I but I'll, I, won't, I won't tell you there are times where I I see doubts where it's like, you know, people who, you know, used to be subordinate to me and who I trained, uh, you know, I don't know exactly, but probably make a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Well, why why don't I do that?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "I could have if I if I stayed there." Mm-hmm. Do I regret it? Mhm. A very, very small amount. Yeah. There are times where it's like, well, that should have been what I did. I had Mm. the, I had the education and the ability and the connections to have done that. And, but then, but most of me goes, you know what? I like what I'm doing now. I like Mm -hmm. who I am now. I like the life that we have this, this nice life where my kids can go to their neighbor's house and, you know, we know the neighbors, we know the, we don't know as many neighbors as we should, but that's in part because we do stuff as like as an insular family. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our, the four of us is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to expand that more, but, um, do I, do, would it be nice if we thought we could retire not when we were 85, but mm-hmm. when we were 65? Sure, but yeah. we'll figure that out. We're figuring that out now. Um, we're learning, we're, you know, we're, we're making choices and, you know, we, we haven't renovated our kitchen yet mm-hmm. because, yeah, we'll put that off a couple more years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've, are we out of the rat race? Not completely, but I don't think we're, well, we're, I don't think we're trying to do, we're not trying to do anything to keep up with the Joneses. We're trying to yeah. do things that would make us happy. Yeah. You know, and we do, we, we spend a lot of money on vacations.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which, to be, to be honest,
0: that reminds me, we're going to get into that in the full flush okay. because I can tell by your cell phone cover, you're oh, yeah. a Disney fanatic. Yes, yes. So we'll, okay. we'll jump into that in the full okay. flush, but I love that though. Well, I appreciate you, Brad, sharing, because as you said, when we met, we were like, yes, we will right. be friends. Um
2: I know. So like I didn't, I've been to your wedding and like all the, I listened to some of the early episodes of like, oh, why would I be invited on that? Like, I don't <laughs> know.
0: Her. It's just like these people, they've been friends
2: for like 15 years and stuff like that. It's like, that's uh, only
0: the ones I've met. Those uh, are the ones I invited like, on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now you, now you expand. Got to get these big, big time guests here. Yeah. Big time guests. Yeah. Big time lawyers. lawyers. No, but I appreciate you because you have a unique perspective. And, um, I just think that, you know, hearing it's hard. We talk about like with the podcast that my goal is to kind of talk about, you know, things that people don't always talk about. And I think that especially as lawyers, um, you know, we, we've, we've talked before about how, You have this image, like a lot of times people think of lawyers. You have to, you know, have a certain image and whatnot. And so, I appreciate that you're kind of willing to pull the veil back and kind of share more of your heart. Because I think that at the end of the day, you know, we all just want to connect with people, and especially in your field, it's like you definitely, you know, it's it's like a, you know, is this guy good? Is this guy honest? And well, one of the one of the
2: nicest compliments I when I actually when I when I started. Sort of doing the local networking a couple of years ago, um, and I I I I met this woman who who was on a, like one of the panel talk, and I was talking to her about some stuff afterwards, and she's like, "Oh, you're a lawyer. You don't seem like a lawyer." And I took that. as I always when mm-hmm. I people say that, I always take that as a compliment because oh, yeah. it's like hope they don't say that when I'm doing legal work for them. That's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. but when I meet them, I, it's like because there's always that you know there's a reason there's all those lawyer jokes out there yeah. because there's an element of truth in them. There's a lot of not particularly pleasant lawyers in the world who yeah. are very aggressive and very, you'll try to beat you down because they're advocating mm-hmm. for their client or just because they're jerks. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but I, I try to be a human being and realize yeah. like, you know what? People appreciate that. And I think
0: eventually. it's the humble and, um, the humble and what was the, the word just escaped me. Empathy. Right. Those are the two things that I notice about you that I think is really – I mean, that was kind of why I wanted to chat more is because humble and you're very empathetic. And so those are two I've, things. I've
2: worked on the humility part. My my wife used to say it's like you got you, you and your brother and your dad are like so full of yourselves when you get into a room together. And it's like – yeah, that's not that's not pretty. Let's yeah. not let's not let's not do that. Let's
0: not let's do that. Not, let's not do that. See, but that's why God gave you the wife he gave you
2: because Yes, because she keeps me humble because yeah. she's like you're nothing special. It's just and
0: not, not in <laughs> no, a no.
2: not in a mean way, of but course. it's like, you know, you are what you do and you yeah. are, you know, you are, I mean, it's a very sort of existential thing. It's like you can do all you can you know have all these degrees and all this stuff and it's like well, what are you doing with it? You know mm-hmm. what are you how are you making someone's life better? Yeah. How are you how are you helping someone? How are you making someone? How are you cheering somebody up? How are mm-hmm. you
0: how did helping you help someone today? How
2: did you help someone because they couldn't be home to get the kids off the bus? Mm-hmm. I mean like little stuff. And I That's realized like great. the little stuff the little stuff's really important because it can really change someone's day.
0: So. Yeah. Now, Brad, how can people find you? So if they if they have some business law questions or um, need some help with some contracts, how can they find you? They,
2: yeah, I know because we really didn't talk about law, which I'm actually okay
0: with. We, we, <laughs> maybe, we, can, do, we can do another one. We, maybe, can do the, we, can, we can touch that on the full right. flush.
2: Um, so my, my firm was a Northern Virginia Business Law. It's Nova Biz Law is the website.
0: N-O-V-A-B-I-Z.
2: L-A-W. Yes, L-A-W. Yes, even though I had just someone the other day who was like – You're not really in Northern Virginia, right? Aren't you technically? And I was like, well, yeah, but I was. No, this is Northern Virginia. I guess we're sort of like on the, on the border of whether we really are. But, um, yeah, so novabizlaw.com is my website. You know, it's got sort of the basics on there Mm -hmm. about the kind of stuff I do. Um, so it's basically any kind of contracts, any kind of transactional work. Um, and then, you know, I might give my little elevator speech where it's, you know, whether it's a new company startup, you need an operating agreement or employment contracts or, um you know if you're doing financing you're buying a company or selling a company you're buying a franchise any kind of thing you're going to sign a contract customer Mm. contracts are a big part of what i've been doing recently for a lot of the i mean i do i do work for literally companies that have a billion dollars in revenue but but i do a lot of stuff for just like a single person or two people um that are putting together you know they they have a new business they're entrepreneurial they want to have it they want to have a customer contract and i'd like And we'll talk about what needs to go into it.
0: We should talk about that on the full flush because like, you know, yeah. Like where do you start when you have these questions? Yeah.
2: So Brad McConnell, Nova, Northern Virginia Business Law, novabizlaw.com. You can go at some point. I'll get my Facebook page doing stuff too, but one
0: day at a time. One day. Well, thank you, Brad.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: That's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled, Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, m M&M and Exteriors. Visit their website at MMExteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at FlushingItOut.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production.
2: That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.
1: Don't forget to check out the after show on the Full Flush bonus episode where Samantha and I continue the conversation with our guest. You can find the Full Flush episode right here on Flushing It Out every Friday.